Flying the pride flag is becoming problematic in certain municipalities. This is TFG Unbuttoned. It's the Focus Group Unbuttoned with Tim Bennett and John Nash. An off-the-cuff take on politics, pop culture, and current events. Welcome to TFG Unbuttoned. John Nash here with my good friend and co-host Tim Bennett. This is the Tuesday podcast. Uh, from the focus group and that show airs on wednesdays video does at youtube and the audio drops on your podcast streaming platform of choice on saturdays focusgroupradio.com is our website you'll find out all you need to know about tim and myself and uh we want to thank big thanks to critics choice video america's classic movie and tv authority since 1987 they've been bringing us to you every week since then ccvideo.com we're going to talk about them later but uh just know that you can find almost anything you want there almost <laughs> so uh welcome to the new week mr bennett can i get twizzlers there yeah, yeah, I, like twizzlers. I don't know you should be able to get popcorn and, and other things there right remember that at yeah, the blockbuster video remember that they started you could buy selling snacks yeah. snacks and milk duds did and... they have blockbuster popcorn that was like their brand they had, yeah they had, well yeah, microwave did. which i i've never been a fan of microwave popcorn hey i gotta ask you a question about Shark what? tank you're, you're a big fan. I of watch Shark every Tank. night. You know, okay. it's on CNBC. They, they run like eight shows. I have night. a question about one of the personalities on there who I saw on a CNN segment basically pontificating about how he is advising businesses not to invest in New York, New Jersey, Massachusetts, and possibly Connecticut because they're just impossible to do business in. And California is not far behind and it's going to fall off a cliff. He then went on to say he disparaged all these states, even though the four of them represent the some of the biggest economic engines in the country. And California in particular, huge agriculture, entertainment industry, software. I mean, can you guess which which uh, shark I'm talking about? Was it Mark Cuban? No, no. Oh, okay. Mr. Big. Uh-huh. Oh, Kevin O'Leary. That's Mr. It. Wonderful. Mr. Wonderful. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> now, he's a smacked ass. Um, I... I uh he's my least I, I'm, he's my least favorite. Really? First okay. of all, he's Canadian. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> no, I love Canada, but please. <laughs> right. So we'll start there. But he's he's the guy, anytime anyone comes on, he just he doesn't want to invest in anything. He just wants to get he he's a bank. He just wants to give money and then get a some sort of um retain um rebate back. What what's the yeah, he wants to make interest. For? He wants to make a profit, right? No, but he wants he wants money on some, everything sold. What is that called? I, a percentage. I no, it's another word for it. But anyway, I, I forgot what it is. But anyway, he all his deals revolve around him getting a return until he gets all the money back. So if he says, I'll give you a million dollars for 10% of the company, he wants money on every item sold back to him. Mm. So um, And then when he gets his million, then he's done. Whereas the other ones actually want to work with people and invest, but... Um, you know, a lot of people say that though about uh, about New York and and California, and New Jersey and Maryland and uh, places where the in Connecticut where the restrictions of doing business have, um, in many cases, have gotten out of control. I mean, the fact that Connecticut, my mom was telling me, wants to now put a tax on lawnmowers uh, each year, and you'd have to register like you do your car. I mean, okay, that's, that's not, insane. That, that's, that's nonsense. Insane. But this is the kind of stuff where if you're a business. And this stuff is constantly happening. Well, imagine owning a lawn care company, and oh. you want and you, in Connecticut, and you got to pay a tech. Yeah, well, you know, you know, 
So policy debates. You know New York. You know New York is ridiculous to do business with. You know that. Yeah. 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 So, but but on the idea. flip side, it's got an incredibly educated population. You know, uh, there's a lot of reasons why you do business here beyond this this guy's per- take that it's impossible to do business. Whereas I suppose you could simply say, let's go to Florida and open our company up. But here's a couple of problems with that. One, in several years' time, the coastline is going to drastically change if the rate of, of ice melt is consistent. B, you have a governor and a legislature who are basically doing whatever they want with any issue they want. Right. And, you know, C, that means, and it's a lot of it's in the education area uh, with, you know, the anti-woke things and the don't say gay and attacking Disney, which is one of the biggest economic generators of that state. And then lastly, you know, that turns off people from moving there, people who are who could end up increasing that state's economy or lifting it because of education or whatever. So I don't know, you know, you, you, all right. So, yeah, let's go to this, quote unquote, land of the free where we don't have all these regulations, but that you have something else going on there that's going to be equally as bad. Right. Yeah, I I um, I, I lately have been um, very anti I mean, I think the amount of taxes, the tax burden that has been put upon people in the Northeast and in California is crazy. And so I I could see why somebody would say that. I think the tax burden in those states is is ridiculous. I mean, me down here in Delaware, because I work with you, I've got to pay Yonkers tax. I've got to pay an MTA tax. Why? I don't that's, know. That's crazy. Yeah, I, think I that's know. Crazy. I know. But hey, you know, um, the flip side of this tax conversation is before Ronald Reagan took office, the highest tax bracket was, I don't know, what was it, 50, 60%. So if you were a billionaire or a millionaire, you were paying far more in taxes than someone who made less. Right. That got changed. And in the last administration, Paul Ryan championed the, uh, the tax bill that basically gave the ability for corporations to keep more of their profits and buy their stock back, et cetera, et cetera. Didn't really help the little guy. So, yes, you know, if we if we have a debate about state taxation issues, you have to look at the federal level, too, because as states lose federal money, sometimes they need to find revenue in other ways. So it comes down to right. like taxing your lawnmower or, or licensing that, you know, or, Here, or I just, so it, it was funny. You put, so I just pulled up the, the most tax friendly states for businesses. You know, I guess what's number one is. Uh, it's got to be out. Um, is it? I, I don't know, actually. What is it? So it's Wyoming. Oh, I was going to say out west. Okay. So it's Wyoming, South Dakota, Alaska, Florida, Montana, New Hampshire, Nevada, Utah, Indiana, and North Carolina. And then these states that are least tax-friendly for businesses are New Jersey, New York, California, Connecticut, Maryland, Minnesota, Vermont, Hawaii, Rhode Island, and Alabama. And uh, pretty much um, (laughs) New England. So it's uh, anyway, I just I just thought that he this guy reminded me of someone who's been on TV for a while. Who do you call him? Mr. Wonderful or Mr. Yeah, Mr. Wonderful. He's the guy who always wants a royalty. That was the word. I was That's saying. it. Royalty. He, he always wants a royalty. He never wants to invest. He just wants a royalty. But, uh, well, he's also a product of his own constant loop. He's on TV. He speaks. It's reinforced that he's an expert. He's on TV. He speaks. It's reinforced that he's an expert. So then he comes on CNN and he basically spouts a bunch of garbage. And yes, we could all agree that there's some issues with overtaxation and or regulatory issues, but you can't just crap can 
a whole portion of the country with a huge population density and say, hey, 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 hey. anyway. Did he say where he wanted you to invest? No, that's the thing. They uh, the yeah. hosts asked him. They said, "Hey, where we?" Yeah, no, that's not my thing. I'm just telling you that you know when AOC well, then, yeah. when yeah, AOC would... killed the Amazon facility in Queens, she 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 ruined that. And, I, and I'm thinking, no, if you lived in New York and you remember that Amazon was going to put a facility there, and there are quality of life issues, how they pay their employees, how they treat the neighborhood. There's more than just making an investment, but that's the nuance that seems to be lost nowadays, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the first I heard. I didn't know that OEC was blamed for that. Oh, no, that's her district out there, AOC. Was oh, okay. Anyway, on to the stories of the day, and I kicked off with saying that uh, flying the pride flag nationwide or in municipalities is becoming more of an issue as, as many municipalities ban the flying of the pride flag on government property. There's a nuance in there that was kind of interesting, and it's that government property thing. So a number of states have enacted bans uh, and municipalities, including, and this is the one I did the research on, Cold Spring, right here in New York. It's about, uh, I don't know, 50 miles out of New York or 45. Our friend Billy is up there, one of our listeners. Um, And then I read what it was happening. And so this bill in Cold Spring, for instance, basically said the only flags that can fly on a government flagpole are the United States flag, P-O-W-M-I-A. And I think there might have been one other one that was related to But everything else is is off limits. If you're a business, you could fly whatever flag you want. But on a government flagpole, it should be the U.S. flag, P-O-W-M-I-A. And I forget what the other one was. So I, I read it and I thought, you know, um, it's the most obvious thing to attack, I suppose, if you're opposed to anything LGBTQ, right? Um, and, and, and the best way they can do it is they can't, they can't ban it from everybody flying it because you have a right to do that. So right. they target the government thing. What did you think of this? Well, they said that they also, I guess this came about, it might have been in Ohio, where somebody wanted to fly the Christian flag. Yes. Yeah. And they said no, but there is separation of church and state, supposedly. Um, so I could see where that would be be not uh, not allowed. But I thought the same thing you did. I thought, okay, this is all because the embassies, the um, they were now going after embassies for flying the rainbow flag in June, the U.S. embassies around the world. Mm-hmm. So it was the same sort of thing. It's like, okay, we're not going to let you fly anything unless it's a government sanctioned or military flag. And I thought the same thing you did. I th- I thought, wouldn't it be cool if each town did these enormous, you know, if there was a group together, whether it was the the LGBTQ groups together, pulled their money and put a flagpole in with an enormous pride flag that flew year round. <laughs> like we see when we're property. driving, like the big American flags. Oh, those huge American yeah. flags, right? Wouldn't that be great? So if you and each, 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 you know, along the way, I think that's a great idea to advocate. Do these enormous, enormous on oversized property, right? yeah, on private property. You lease some land from a farmer or something, fly the thing all year long. <laughs> I never, th- I didn't think of this. I like your idea. I mean, I read this and I was like, okay, I can understand and absorb the fact that there, that, that, and you are correct. It went down to this Christian group wanting to fly the flag. And then there was pushback and the city council's like, you know what? If, if we have to deal with this all the time, let's just make it these three flags. And I get that. Um, right. But I love your solution. <laughs> If you're really serious about it, hey, all you need is like a, what, a, an eighth of an acre of land to do that, right? Yeah, probably not even that. Yeah. I mean, just a tiny sliver and just say to a farmer, I'll give you 
X amount of dollars to put this at the edge of your land. Each, I'll, I'll, I'll leave, like it. a billboard, right? Yeah, like a billboard. Lease it, yeah, put it up. I, I think that would be a great thing to have. Maybe we can get a corporate sponsor for that. Well, maybe we can. Maybe listeners uh, can dial this idea in and begin thinking about homegrown measures, right? But I, I, I love the idea of an enormous one like those. Weren't big you and I in Oklahoma when we saw that the huge flag. American it flag? Was, was a truck I've never seen it. such a big flag. Have you? Huge. It's huge. Yeah. I don't know how the wind, the, the wind uh, blew it. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was. I mean, yeah. It was enormous. So the rest of this article that we found basically talked about Gilbert Baker and the foundation for the, um, and, and he's the inventor of the, or the creator of the rainbow flag, how it's changed over the years. Uh, Tim and I could go into a huge conversation about um, how the rainbow flag has changed. I don't know that it had to based on his thought process behind what it represented. It was about, it wasn't about the color per se. It was about values, values and ideals and ideals. Know. And so adding all this other stuff in, I'm a bit confused myself. I, I, I almost think we need to have a little pocket guide for, for the bride flag. Like we used to have for the Yankees. Remember that Hanky thing with left. Well, someone right jokingly body. said it's become a Pantone paint strip. I mean, it's, well, just, it's yeah. almost like a color guide. Yeah. You can yeah. flip the book <laughs> open and do that. So just something more earthy. Yeah, yeah. So we have trans in there. We have everything. So it's soon that you know you're right. Soon it's going to resemble one of those color. Like a, if you're a computer, like Photoshop user, it's going to resemble a color picker. It's <laughs> a rainbow of colors. Well, anyway. I saw all the flags out there. By the way, I I don't I can't name. There's I can't the green, that, the no. white, the pink one. There's there's a lot of different. I think there was something. What twelve different flags now for the alphabet? Can you imagine that being a Jeopardy question. Imagine if the answer to the question was how you have to name every single group represented on this flag. That, that would be interesting. If that was Final Jeopardy, we'd all be like, oh, my God, this is so tense. Blue, green, and pink. What is asexual? <laughs> yeah. Red, <laughs> orange. Yeah. There, there you go. What is, what is non-binary pan yeah. something or other? <laughs> Two-spirit. All right. Moving on. A, a quick article here. This is this. It is quick. And uh, this comes to us from France. And the headline reads, the oldest person made it to 122, and three reasons she lived so long from a longevity expert. We'll, we'll split these up, and I'll just say that uh, uh, Jeanne Calment, a French woman, achieved the incredible feat of reaching 122. Um, before, just but before her passing, Calment met and discussed her life with Jean-Marie Robin, an expert demographer who studies the links between health and longevity. So here is what the uh, Jean-Marie found as the three primary reasons. The first one is not going to surprise anyone when I say this. Three likely reasons the world's oldest person lived to 122. She was wealthy. She benefited from growing up in a bourgeois family. Uh, she was allowed to go to school until the age of 16. Uh, she did, she was basic, and she continued to, to, uh, to learn cuisine, art, dance until 20. Uh, she was always home and she had a helper. So she didn't really have to cook too much. But so that was an interesting one for me. She's wealthy. Yeah, <laughs> what I, thought, was the next? I, I thought that was funny. Now, before yeah. we get there, though, I do have a question about you because you're French. Yeah. So it was Jean Calment. You said J-E-N-N-E. -N -N -E. uh, the old Jean Calment. Yeah. She was the oldest one. And then but then it said this uh, this woman, Jean Marie. Jean Marie Robin. So, the... so, so is that pronounced different than the. The gene and the gene. Yes, yeah, because it's J E A N N E, uh, Jean so Calment, and then the so Jean, Jean Marie. Yeah, Jean. Oh gosh, well, you see, you know, you're French better than me. I, I, I I'm sure someone's going to correct me. But <laughs> I'd have called him Jean and Jeannie. 
<laughs> Jean Marie and Jean Jean, Calman. Jeannie, Jeannie yeah. Calment and Jean Marie. <laughs> the, uh, the other thing was, and I thought this was funny, she didn't smoke cigarettes until much later in her life. So I'm thinking, well, she's 122. When did she start smoking? I'm thinking maybe she started in her 40s. What did she no, no, yeah. no. What she started she at 112. Start? <laughs> <laughs> Could you she, imagine picking that up at 112? Who cares this, then, right? They said, she, you know, because of the family she was from in the, in, the, in the 19th century in a little town in South France, they said, of course, it was forbidden and impossible for a girl um, to smoke from a bourgeois yeah. family to smoke. So she was told she couldn't do that. She said she tried it right after she got married. She didn't like it, so she stopped. But then she decided to pick it up again while she was in the nursing home at 112. How do you do that? Here, would you like a cigarette? Sure. <laughs> Next to an oxygen tank, right? Like, here, let me light you. <laughs> Boom. And that, that one was number was, three. Uh, three is she had a great social life. And I read this a lot more. This comes up a lot more in this idea of longevity and good health is maintaining vibrant social connections with other people. It could be a 10 minute call with somebody. It could be running into someone, a little micro exchange at the store, but interaction is key. She traveled a great deal. I love this one where she was able to travel often and go to Paris to see the Eiffel Tower, which was under construction at the time. <laughs> now, could you imagine watching the Eiffel Tower go up? I love that, right? Um, so she maintained great uh, social connections, and, and I think that added to her vitality. But those are the three uh, big things that that demographer found that that were stuck out from her, you know, interview of the oldest woman in the world who sadly has passed away. But I'm not sure. 122. I, I hope she got around and was mobile. I mean, 122. 122. <laughs> well, I, I agree with you because everybody and a lot of the things that I've heard uh, of those three things. I don't know about being wealthy. We know a lot of wealthy people that did not that did not have live good long, outcomes. No, right. You know, look at Steve Jobs. Uh, and uh, smoking, of course. I think a lot of that is hereditary. We've known people who smoked and been fine. As, as, as Betty Davis said, I've done it for 80 some years. It can't be that bad. And uh, <laughs> But the great social life, I, I know my neighbor here, Joyce, talks about that a lot. She had said she had remember her parents' friends growing up. And the friends that stayed stationary and did nothing, she said, died much younger. Interesting. And she's always kept that in her mind. So she's, gosh, she does more than anybody I know. She's in three book clubs. She Every day she goes on Zoom and reads to her grandchildren. I mean, she she does all kinds of stuff. And is constantly busy. So uh, I think there's something to be said for that. I agree. I agree. And and, and I think we experience it. Um, this last one Tim found, I love it. I'll, I'll let him probably run this one because this because you, you live in an area that has games of chance on your boardwalk. But it says, uh, Jersey Shore operator banned after boardwalk games found to be rigged. Now, the minute I read the headline, I'm like, well, okay. Like, didn't I kind of know that something goes on at the little carnival booze and the... <laughs> But in this case, she was fined $500 per basketball for a game that she had. You'd, you'd bounce the ball and try to get into something because she overinflated the balls, sometimes three times more than they should have been. I'm surprised none of them exploded. So that represented 15000 in fines. Um, her name is Christine Struthers, and she allegedly ran games with overinflated ba basketballs. And sometimes, yeah, and, and then other things she did. So... Do you, does this pop up on your, uh, does any of this pop up on your radar when you're in meetings? No, it doesn't. But I, so the, the whole thing, there's these beach boardwalk games where, like you said, there's, uh, you know, games of chance and the hope you'd win. I always get wound up with those machines where you put the quarter in and the little claw comes down and I hits something and it goes machines. right in there. It, it never picks up. Uh -uh. And so I always think those things are rigged as well. But 
I didn't realize this. This this came out of New Jersey, but all along the coast, and and even in turn, even when there's these traveling carnivals that go around, I didn't realize that there were people that actually checked some of these games. And this particular woman, Christine, she was fined in 2021 16,500 yeah. for also rigging a game. My other favorite thing about it was it said that she um, also was fined because she was displaying prizes that weren't what you would win. <laughs> so there were these huge stuffed animals or whatever. And uh, and it was as if you were going to win this big plush animal, but that wasn't actually the prize. She failed to show the prize that uh, that she would win. I've I've played these games where so with her it was the basketball and they were so overinflated they would bounce and wonky and they would just never get in the hoop. I guess if you stood there and put it right in perfectly, it probably would go through. Yeah. But um, we've all played these games on the on the mm-hmm. carnivals or boardwalks where you're. You're trying to get the ball into the little hole, which is, you know, like an act of God. I thought this was funny, but you would have thought she'd learned her lesson. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. After. Uh, and there, there was also something about the fact that she was fined for displaying prizes that really weren't prizes. Like she put yeah. up these really big stuffed animals, but she wouldn't tell you what you won if you won. Anyway, I always just look at all those games as it's kind of like going to Vegas. You know, if everybody won in Las Vegas, you wouldn't be standing in an enormous hotel and casino complex employing thousands of people. If everybody won, right? right. <laughs> so now the funny, like, yeah. The one funny thing about this, so the, the, you read the you read the headline, yeah. which came out of the Philadelphia Inquirer: Jersey Shore operator banned after boardwalk games found to be rigged. So, for whatever reason, I couldn't pull it up. I guess the story had passed, so I went and I googled it, and then the New York Post had a headline <laughs> for the same story. The New York Post headline was brilliant. Jersey Shore Boardwalk, Crooked Carney's Balls Too Big. (laughs) (laughs) Crooked Crooked Carney's Balls Too Big. (laughs) Oh, my God. Headless body, topless bar. Boardwalk, Crooked crooked Carney's Balls Too Big. I I love the New York Post. Well, yes. And for that reason, oh, my God. That was (laughs) good find. All right. All right, enough of the boardwalk, games of chance. Hey, I said to you at the beginning of the show that uh, Critics' Choice Video, ccvideo.com, America's classic movie and TV authority since 1987, has been helping us bring the show to you every week uh, since we launched TFGM. But we want to thank them for being a partner of ours here and encourage you to visit them by going to focusgroupradio.com and clicking on the Critics' Choice Video logo or just punch in ccvideo.com. You can find most anything you want there. And a, a little reminder, I've read about five articles in the past two weeks about um, from husbands and wives who like they, they thought they'd have every movie they ever wanted forever on streaming. And they uh, they discovered, no, these things get pulled and, you know, sometimes really? you can't find what you want. So if you love a movie or a TV show and you might want to consider having it in package media form, ccvideo.com. Anything cross your radar, Mr. Bennett? Well, I was poking around as I as I usually do there, and I like to go to the uh, the new releases mm-hmm. and, and see what's been released. And I there we we had talked about it last week, but you know it popped up again the Whitney Houston movie. Yeah, I, I want to dance, dance with somebody. somebody. Have you have you have you heard much about it yet? No, I, I I'm I'm intrigued by it because you and I were talking the other day about people who died early or. And we're We've filled had, with talent. Yeah. Right. And had these tragic endings. And so I'm curious as to how they handled this. I remember the one they did years ago with uh, about Tina Turner. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was handled very well. So I'm hoping that they've done this Whitney Houston, Houston one equally as well. And it was uh, released just last week. So 
uh, if you're interested at uh, Critics Choice, head over and get the Whitney Houston. I want to dance with somebody at Critics Choice. And there's always great deals with shipping. I mean, right now, as, as we're in the spring sale with March, um, there's uh, three or four different deals, too, with shipping and or, or percentages off. So I'll tell you, you can't find... Oh, John, you know what just popped up? What? The Ouija board. <laughs> oh, my God. For later consumption, I'll just say that we had a Ouija board when I was a kid. My dad was obsessed with it, and my mom ended up burning it in the fireplace like three days after we got it on Christmas. We'll save that story for another yeah, time. Yeah, so I, I was scrolling through Critics' Choice, and Yahtzee, remember the game Yahtzee with yeah. the dice? Yahtzee and Ouija board popped up, so you can get old old school games there too, which is cool. I don't know. So would you put a Ouija board in your house again? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> And not for the reasons people think, but anyway. <laughs> okay, well, so I guess I'll take that off your Christmas list. Hey, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us here on TFG Unbuttoned. As John mentioned earlier, uh, you can find us at focusgroupradio.com. You'll also find our show there, The Focus Group, with Tim Bennett and John Nash. And uh, all of our media is housed there, so be sure to follow along on your platform of choice. And thanks again to our friends at Critics' Choice Video. It's America's classic movie and TV authority since 1987. And when you go to focusgroupradio.com, you'll see their logo there. So click on it and start shopping away. We get credit when you go through there. So we appreciate it. And we appreciate them being with us for uh, since the beginning here of TFG Unbuttoned. Thanks to all of you. We hope you have a great week. And we'll see you on the Focus Group on Wednesday. Take care. It's the Focus Group Unbuttoned with Tim Bennett and John Nash. Available every Tuesday. Learn more about Tim and John, Unbuttoned, and all of the Focus Group platforms at focusgroupradio.com.